Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. We don't have Hector today. Um, he's away on vacation. I hope he's uh, managing to relax. I know that uh, relaxing is um, easier said than done sometimes. So hopefully he's managing to have a nice time and really just sort of enjoy his vacation. But uh, yeah, so we had a relatively busy weekend over the weekend uh band wise we, pl- we we played one show up at taco tiki which is uh always a good time we have uh some really interesting people who come and dance to that show it's always a blast it's up in jensen beach and um yeah that that was a lot of fun it was busier than usual when we played there and it was a blast we 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 had a riot up at taco tiki and then i played a couple of uh solo shows um which i'm starting to get the hang of i've been i've been doing the solo shows off and on for years and years but i'm kind of trying to dial it in now and so you know for the one i did at palm beach meets on saturday i had my looper in the middle and then i had uh feet drums either side it was um it was i just brought out all the big guns and it was it was fun to experiment with that it was a blast and then i i did a private event over at um swank speciality produce um on sunday if you don't know anything about swank farms it's a cool place it's uh they they provide um all sorts of uh vegetables and herbs and things for the restaurants in the uh palm beach county area and uh and beyond and it's, it's beautiful stuff and uh i think they have their uh license to grow hemp now too so they're, they're diversifying in that direction like so many are and uh yeah it's a cool spot they do these great dinners in the uh sort of autumn through to the um spring and the fall through to the spring so um if you want to go out to a farm and do something a little bit different in in season you should go check that place out but um yeah i was just there for a father's day kind of private event thing and it was really fun because uh jody and i go way back and darren her husband and um so you know it's kind of just felt like i was playing a family party almost i've known those guys for a long time but, um yeah so we have uh tony tester with us uh this week how's it going man good man thanks for having me oh it's my pleasure yeah. it's my pleasure um you're a very accomplished musician and uh it's nice to have some we have a lot of accomplished musicians on here but it always makes me happy when we we have someone on who really knows their instrument and knows how to play so that's awesome thank you it means a lot yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure um so uh how did you get into what was the environment like when you were young and uh were your parents supportive of your uh of your sort of musical aspirations from a young age? Sure, yeah, the the Genesis question. Um, So music was always around and part of my life. Um, I'd say as a child, though, as a kid growing up, I was more passionate about sports. Right. So, you know, played sports throughout my life. And, up. you know, at one point I really wanted to, like, go to college for sports. But at the same time, piano was always around because, uh, you know, my family's musical um, I think a lot of it stems from my grandparents who were in show business. Um, really? What, in what regard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my grandmother uh, was a singer, and uh, her career really you know, took off as a skater, um, and she was part of a show called The Roller Foley. So back in the day, you know, if you wanted to see entertainment, there was like touring shows that would come to town to town. Sure. Right? Entertainment's a little bit different nowadays, but she joined this touring show called The Roller Foley's um, this whole routine of skaters and, and singers would come on stage and they go to towns to town. Um, and it's that show where she actually met my grandfather, who um, has a bit of a crazy story. He was actually brought up as an orphan in Rhode Island. Right. And, um, you know, he ran away. And at the age of 15, he started working at a roller rink where he built his own boots, story goes, and he actually became like pretty good on the skates. Right. Uh, so he found out that the show was coming to town, and uh, he auditioned. The producers of the show loved him because he was very acrobatic, you know? Right. Whereas the show was a lot of like um, more formal type skating. He was very crazy doing flips and things like oh, that. Cool. So like, we got to have this guy. Yeah. But that's how he met my grandmother. Um, so they were on the show. They toured on the show, um, eventually left to do their own thing. Um, but my grandfather was pretty well known i mean he was featured on the ed sullivan show really captain kangaroo um at the time he skated the world's fastest mile on skates wow documented um he was uh there was a uh, forget what it's called 
some sports documentary made actually like a, a short movie about the guy called The Wheeling Wizards or something or other. Enough plugging my deceased grandparents, but they eventually... No, it's uh, fascinating. And th- 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 there was actually a documentary made about him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, as famous as non-famous gets. But oh, they, the, the show that they were a part of, the Roller, roller Foley's... Um, the tour would sell out Madison Square Garden. It would sell wow. out the Boston Garden. And there's all these, you know, I have these fa- family photos of him skating around in Madison Square Garden. That's cool. Yeah, um, it is. And, um, you know, they eventually retired in Pompano Beach, right, where the origins begin. Um, so my grandfather passed before I really knew him. Uh, but it was my grandmother who I spent a lot of time with as a kid. You know, she okay. was always singing, always playing piano, always like telling me about these you know, performance stories and everything. And I think that's where it originates is like just being with that relationship with my So they were skating and singing as well? Grandmother was, yeah. She would sing in cabarets and things like that. Oh, cool. Um, And uh, yeah, so, you know, she like just being around her, always hearing like jazz music and things like that, music from that era. Yeah. um, Definitely, I think, rubbed off on me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Were your parents uh, musical at all? Sure. So um, my father, being that he was the son of those grandparents, um, he could play a piano a little bit. He, you know, he okay. started when he was a kid. Um, he never took it beyond anything more than just a hobby. Yeah. But he was the one that put me and my siblings in piano lessons as a, as a kid. Right. And that's kind of where it began. So I took classical piano lessons. Yeah. Um, and, and that goes a long way. I mean, I don't think you can really have a better... Um, early understanding of music than learning the piano because it's right there in front of you. It's laid out. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, I think sometimes when kids start on guitar, I almost feel sorry for them because they have to get over this hurdle of it. it's not immediately obvious where everything is you know sure. you, you have to take you almost have to learn the shapes first and then and and then all of the structure behind it kind of comes later. Yeah. But then on the piano, you're learning you're learning theory just by learning the piano. You know, it's just there in front of you. you Absolutely. Know? Visually, you just understand music, yeah. I think, easier. Because I started off on the piano. Um, but as a kid, you just hate piano lessons. I sure. hated classical music. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, you know, like reading the the black and white sheet music. Yeah. Um, did not have a passion for it. It was more of one of those things that was like kind of forced upon you as a kid. Yeah. Um, I had a love-hate relationship with my early classical piano lessons. I mean, I, I did enjoy it, but it was hard and yeah. time-consuming, you know. Yeah, yeah, you want to run and play outside rather than yeah. like sit down and play like Beethoven for the 50th time until you've like hit every measure perfectly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and something that I think that I'm actually grateful for now um Performance-wise, my father would sign me up for these piano competitions at a very young age. I remember, like, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I was in these piano competitions. We'd go go to a college. You'd go into this auditorium with three judges. You have to sit down and play your music, and that was yeah. like so nerve-wracking for like a yeah. little kid. But like, even just doing like we have a thing called the associate. The um, I'm not sure exactly, but it's the the associated board, um, which is. Um, the sort of formal um, kind of grading that you do um, when you're sort of getting better with your instrument in the, in the UK. Nice. And um, when you go for those grades, yeah, you're you're essentially in front of, you know, a, two like one or two or three people who are, who are grading you. And uh, I did that, you know, on numerous instruments. And I used to get so stressed out by sure. that. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And I, yeah, a lot of concerts too when I was young mm-hmm. and, I think they did help in some ways, but in other ways, you know, it, there was a lot of anxiety attached to it. And it, you, I, I, I think maybe one of the reasons why I ended up not pursuing that classical route is because of that sterile kind of very intense environment. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's, uh, it's not necessarily what I perceived music to be about you know like it's it's almost like a sport it's like perform for me you know what I yeah mean? a lot of discipline goes into it you know yeah. and uh, as i got older i continue to do these uh competitions you know i would be you know at this point maybe like 12 or 13 playing these now I'm, you know i'm a little bit older i'm playing these more intermediate advanced classical pieces and i'd go to these competitions and there'd be like a five-year-old asian kid who's just like killing it and i'm like right that's all they do is they just sit there and practice and i was like i kind of was doing other things at the time but i think because of that it made me more relaxed and performing in front of a crowd sure and then at that point you're like hey the lessons paid off i'm actually good at this thing 
Yeah. I'm good at the damn thing. And it was like, as you get older, you begin to listen to different types of music. And it was like, I can now translate that to the thing that now I'm passionate about, which is like different styles and different genres. And I was like, all right, screw the classical music. I want to start learning what I want to learn, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, obviously your grandparents were playing your jazz and things like that. Did your parents' musical tastes uh, have any sort of effect? Did, did, they, did they listen to music? Sure, yeah, I think so. I, I, I have these memories of, um, you know, my parents would always play records in the house, um, yeah. primarily from their generation, right? So a lot of like 50s, 60s, 70s music, um, a lot of, trying to think of some of the music I'd hear is, uh, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, um, you know, all this classic rock would really, I guess, play out maybe later in life for me. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, I would say, yeah, you know, they put me in the lessons. I always heard great music in the house, which is, you know, I'm very grateful for all those things. So um, these competitions that you were in, um, that, was it just sort of different competitions or was there a kind of like a – was was there – is there like a scene for that where it's always like run by the same people? Like what? How is it? Pretty like? much. I mean, there, I'm sure there's certain different kinds, but you know, I would generally sign up for the same one. Uh, what it right. was, you'd have the three judges, you'd perform. You know, you'd be so nervous, you'd perform, and then you'd just be like, "Oh my god, I did terrible." Then you'd get like their report. You would actually see what their comments were. They're like, "Oh, messed right. up on that measure," because they you, they have your music in front of you. Yeah, they're reading measure by measure while you're going through it, checking like all the dynamics, all the right, you know, gymnasios right. and and everything else. So it's really just about replicating it as the best you can, not yeah. really about any kind of uh, interpretation. <laughs> sure, and that's what. I could be wrong. Some people might disagree, but I think that's what classical music is. Like, you you know, granted you put some passion into it, but you want to basically replicate that music as best as possible. Sure. Which is where the that discipline. vision, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I got, kind of got sick of that. I was like, I want to sit down and play and express what I feel, my emotion, my feeling. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really where my, I guess, passion for other music and kind of straight away from classical music at that point. Yeah, so the you know, your your style is very sort of boogie woogie and <laughs> and um and that that kind of stride style and and the you know the early twentieth century like black music kind of sound. Yeah. Um. Uh. Wh- how did you develop a love for that? And um. Who were uh, some of your kind of influences in 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 that in that? Sure. Yeah. Arena? Great question. So I think it just goes back to my father. He could play a little bit of it on the piano. I remember hearing it in the house sometimes of him like playing some blues and boogie woogie and it just like captivated me. I was like, what on earth is that? And like it took him a while to kind of show me what he was actually doing. And I remember, you know, he was like basically broke it down to me, like explained what a 12 bar blue what blues was. And from there, I just took off with it. I mean, like yeah. I really like night and day just like and with with that type of music it's all in the left hand like yeah you gotta like be able to lock it in and then that's when the right hand can start doing things so i would just like do the boogie woogie patterns or the bass line until yeah. it was like engraved in my mind what i love about um talking to you right now is you can tell you're a pianist because you you literally play your, <laughs> yeah. your statements it's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, i'm yeah. italian too so i yeah. gotta use your hands you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like in it's not this it's this yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah i mean so I, I, you know i was saying to justin a minute ago so um so much amazing um music over the years i mean i mean traditionally it's come out of italy you know i i, I wonder i wonder whether uh the the italianness of it i i i don't want to make assumptions but i imagine you would have some attack yeah you just told me yeah yeah but yeah. um yeah I, I wonder i wonder if uh, somewhere there's some kind of genetic predisposition to you know <laughs> sure yeah for yeah. all i know that that could be a that could definitely be it but uh you know the music was there as a kid growing up yeah and then i think once i developed a, 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 a passion once i found something that i like i just took off with it you know yeah yeah that's that's great um like who um in terms of um sort of influential artists in that arena have you got anyone that you really love like uh, oh absolutely yeah. yeah so i'd say one of the uh one of my greatest influences still today but still at that time introduced me to that kind of style of music is ray charles sure always will have a mad mad respect for the guy isn't he from florida or something or did he live here or something like that huh, couldn't tell you i think he's um uh, you know i'm not even gonna say this cause i'm gonna be wrong but it's not florida i don't think it's oh, florida okay. yeah i yeah yeah I, I just saw something on on social media a couple of days ago and I, 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 have you heard of a guy called um 
Johnny Depp, John Prestige. He's a guy who plays on the Treasure Coast. And there was a picture of him hugging a, a sculpture of Ray Charles. And he wrote, like, with one of my flav- favorite Floridians. I, I don't even know if it was true and I didn't maybe, check out. Well, maybe I don't know my facts. I don't know. I'll <laughs> look that one up after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, what about other people? I'm really curious to pick sure. your brains on the subject because, uh, you know, it seems like you have quite a, a wealth of knowledge in that area. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, definitely like to credit a lot to Ray. Um, but around that time, I I had this weird obsession with like 70s funk music as really? like a okay. kid. So I was like obsessed with James Brown, obsessed with like Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. Um, and I think that type of music is what inspired me to pick up the bass. So like bass is my next best instrument. I used to play oh, in a band yeah. in high school, um, bass guitar. But oh, it was lo- bass you played in, the, in that yep, band? Yep, yep, okay. yeah, yep. Was that... Um, uh, Wildfly. Wildfly, yep. Yeah, yeah. Old, we, so how old were you when you were doing sure, that? Sure, yeah. So we all went to the same middle school. Um, that's kind of where the band first started as more of a hobby. And uh, we stuck it out till high school. And that's, you know, we actually got pretty good with a lot of a lot of original music we wrote. Um, and I mentioned some of those highlights too earlier, how we were um, on a national airing Maroonie commercial. Uh, you know, we had opened up for Saigon Kick. We headlined Revolution Live. We were a featured band uh, at the Winter Music Conference, which was uh, ran by the guy who started um, drawing a blank. What's the punk festival? Um, I'm not sure, but that, which, which one down here? It doesn't exist anymore. I'm drawing a blank on oh, it. Oh, yeah, um, oh my god! So you like, know what I'm talking about? Travels around all, all over the place yeah. every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Warp tour. Is there it you Warped go. Tour? Yeah, Warped Warped tour. I can't believe I. Tour. My band is that I was in is played Warp Tour. And I forgot. Well, what there it was you go. Yeah, I was like, as I was like going through it, I was like. What's the name of that? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so do you have a writing process when it comes to your original music? Like how do you find yourself uh, coming up with original material? How does that work? Sure. A lot of it will just come from listening, right, to whatever I'm going through. A lot of emotion, I feel like, you know, depending my mood at the time or if I hear a song or an artist that, you know, strikes my interest, then I'll start kind of studying what they're doing. Um, I think a lot of a lot of it is passion, though. I just love to just sit down at the piano, yeah, see where the ideas come from, you just know? see where it takes you. It's beyond us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in terms of lyrics, do you uh, do you find yourself writing lyrics? Um, I the reason I ask is I have a phone just full of like ideas when I'm walking around. You know, yeah. I just write them in my notepad. You do that too? Yeah, I think every every artist has uh, their notes just filled with a bunch of lyrics. Yeah, um, yeah. Even I'll do the the voice memo. I'll just be walking walking around. I'll be like, oh, I gotta record this before I forget. You know, like just yeah. sing the tune or if it's on the piano. What I like, what I'm doing now, because uh, I would get very frustrated with myself is when I'm just trying to be creative and not really practice too disciplined like. Um, I'll come up with these like amazing ideas, these amazing song ideas, and then I'll forget it the next day. So now I'm like recording anything I do That's on the piano because it's like you never know what you're going to come up with or find. It's true, and I think that um, with your sort of quite um, sort of traditional uh, sort of approach to to playing the keys and um, and and quite genre specific, I think that um, you know a really good wealth of knowledge in that area. Um, is essential in terms of writing in in that area because you know you you don't want to do something that's just like a, like a bl- a blatant rip off of something else. You if if you did do that, you wanted to make it like an homage, you know. Sure. So it's important to kind of know your material, you know. Absolutely. What I mean? so Absolutely. Do you find yourself listening to to a lot of that stuff still these days? Are you are you you actively listening? Yeah, a little bit too much. I feel like with. Where I'm at now, stylistic-wise, the music I'm currently making, and we're going to kind of get into the album I'm about to release, but like what you just saw, that performance, too. It's a lot of jazz. It's a lot of blues. Excuse me. Um, but, you know, I just want to want to put out music that's I'm passionate about. Like, I don't want this to be, like, my style, my, my who I am forever. Like, I'm I'm writing all types of music, Latin music disco music funk music so but right now the image is just to get out what i'm passionate about and where, what where, i guess what it uh, originally stems from my roots which is like jazz and blues that's ultimately what opened my mind and uh, ultimately made me more passionate about music yeah cool so interestingly the album that you have it is it is back to the basics already out not yet july okay. 9th yeah okay july 9th yeah. okay yeah we've got our last interestingly we we've got our last gig with my band's no name Scarband on July 9th as well. 
Nice. Bad propaganda. Last gig with whom? Um, so I, I play in a ska punk band called uh, the No Name Ska Band. We've been playing for a while down here. And um, it, um, you know that place Propaganda in Lake Worth? Yeah. yeah. So Matt um, Krug, who um, for the longest time used to run the place, is in the band. No and way. He's leaving to... Um, He's leaving to Vegas, and um, so we're doing like a. And also, um, Justin, the drummer, is is going to be leaving soon too. So we're doing a a, a final kind of goodbye gig, and it's, oh. it's also on July 9th, So auspicious yeah. date. That's sweet. Cool. Yeah. yeah, pick man. your poison. Yeah, uh, yeah. Funny story about propaganda though, because uh, when I was in college at FAU, the music program I was in, we were so FAU has a, a student-ran record label. And some of the artists on the label, we partnered up with Propaganda to have them perform. All right, cool. And this is my freshman year of college. I just started the program, was just introduced to the uh, the label, and um, they had a gig at Propaganda. And I think someone backed out, or they needed someone to fill in. And I was like, I'll do it. You know, sweet. Like I'm trying to gig and get out and do this damn college thing. And uh, so we go to Propaganda and. I, uh, me and my homie came along and we snuck in. We're not 21 at this point, sure. right? And, uh, you know, the night's happening, this and that. And we, we pull up, had a, like a little pint of alcohol or something. We snuck into the, the club and we ordered just two Cokes. We were going to go, like, make our drink in the bathroom and whatnot. Right, right, right. And we pour it and, like, we d- dish the, dish the pint or whatever. And the second we walk out with our Cokes, the owner is like, you kids got to go. And uh, we're like, how did he know? Was he just watching us? Like, was yeah, the bartender yeah. like, these kids just got some Cokes? Like, I don't know. I think when you're, I think when you're that age, you think you're pulling it off. Yeah. But if you think now, you know, if you saw someone who was under 21, unless they had, like, a big beard or something, you'd be able to tell, like, immediately. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's a, it's a lot more obvious than you think it is when you're that age. Absolutely. Yeah. How old are you now? Just turned 27 in May. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Spring chicken, man. Absolutely. I wish, wish I was 27 again. Uh, actually, I don't know. I, I, I feel I feel like uh, in my 40s, I'm actually fi- finally coming to kind of uh, terms with myself. So maybe I'll just stick with, it, with what I've sure. got. Not yeah. like I have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep getting older. Nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so... Uh, Cool. Yeah. So, uh, are you, so are you doing a gig on July night to promote the Absolute, album? Absolutely to promote the album. Um, I will be performing at Crazy Uncle Mike's July 9th. Right. Um, to obviously promote the album, I have a band that I'll be performing with. These this group of guys are the same guys that recorded the album with me about oh, a year nice. ago. Where did you record the album? Um, at Power Station Studios. Oh yeah, I've done some stuff there. Yeah, great guys there. Uh, Rob, the owner, is a great guy. I recorded yeah. this album with uh, Brennan Fulton, who uh, you know did the live tracking and, and the mixing, uh, so highly recommend them. And then other guy, um, Paul, great engineer there too. All great guys and great great um, gear. So Yeah, I love that slotted pine kind of um, live, the, the way they do the studio too. And did he tell you the story about like Tony Bon Jovi and, and and everything and sure. how they set yeah. it up yeah so you know for anyone who doesn't know anything about that um that power station uh it was set up by i think it's like john bojovi's like uncle or something like that or yeah. at least in the family or somewhere and cousin or uncle tony or bon Jovi. yeah that's yeah. what it was yeah 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 exactly yeah and this is his, his uncle or something and um and he uh just had this sort of great idea of of using like pine but behind but so these it, it's all sort of figured out mathematically but but it has these uh sort of two inch pine um pieces of wood and then in between just this completely dead material so you get a little bit of reflection but not too much and it's like just right mm-hmm. you know what i mean Sounds basically great. it looks super cool and then it sounds it was, really good <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. yeah and um there was also another one that they had called avalon in um it was in port st lucie and uh, it was designed in exactly the same way. Cool. I think it's still there, but I think they just do like acoustics um, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, if you have someone come and sort of explain it to you, I can't remember what the word is. But they, 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 I think it's just for setting up other people with acoustics, like, you know, to helping people with studios now. Cool. They don't they don't actually have uh, 
artists come in anymore. But I did a bunch of demos up there, nice. and yeah, and it was set up exactly the same way. It was real cool. Interesting. Yeah, I guess yeah. there's a, a you know method to the madness with uh, that design. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I don't know if there's more of them, but there's you know there's definitely two that I've seen. Yeah. And it's de- it's been my favorite you know sort of studios to work in. I think it sounds great like that. So if anyone's uh, interested in uh, going to an awesome high end studios you can check out power stations badass with a lot of pine wood yeah exactly (laughs) um so uh do you still do a lot of practice at home like just on your instrument outside of kind of just messing like outside of writing like do you do you just practice songs yeah recently i have i mean i'll go through phases of it uh you know when life gets busy sometimes you don't really want to practice too much but i will try to make it a make it a thing to practice um, yeah do you still like do rudiments and stuff like that like scales and things yeah i'm always learning scales um i love to improvise so i'll try to expand my vocabulary yeah uh, solo wise but um generally speaking i'll always try to be learning at least one new piece of music just to keep up with like the reading yeah learn new scales or maybe uh, i'm also really into like production so that kind of that kind of keeps just the mind fresh of new ideas and how to implement music and with different sounds and things like that do you have a home studio and stuff like that yeah a little home studio um a lot of cool toys there but uh you know wicked yeah i think you know most people who are serious about music have a home studio at this point you know because it's so accessible you know yeah you don't i mean you got to spend some money but you don't have to go crazy and you can end up with like pretty decent setup absolutely you know just starting off you can get the bare minimum and make a kick-ass record you know what i'm saying totally and uh yeah i studied i actually studied music production and recording at fau so the goal was like coming out of that i was like i want to get a recording job i want to work in a studio uh obviously a little bit tough of an industry to get into yeah uh so you know but you know everything has a weird way of working out yeah that it does um did you find the degree useful was it uh did you enjoy being at fau how was your how was your how was your experience as a uh as a student yeah so you know i i think obviously just varies per person um unfortunately i didn't i didn't really enjoy college all that well i was a terrible student i mean the program's one of those things that, like, you know, what you put in, you get out of. Yeah. Um, just for me, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. One, because I was learning more on my own than I was in the program. Right. And two, it just, you know, in this industry, especially as a local artist, you know, you really got to hustle. You yeah. really got to get your name out. You got to be playing, you know, shows. You got to be recording. You got to be networking. You got to be collabing. And just, I feel like being inside of a classroom took away from that hustle especially when you. you're not really finding value in what's being shown to you yeah now that being said i don't want to talk bad about fau there was a lot of great professors there uh it just wasn't for me and i was a terrible student so. right, gotcha. <laughs> well when i went to university um it was really i'd say 50 percent of it was because it was just like the path that i was on because you know I went to a boarding school in the south of England, and nearly everyone who went to that school was just expected to go to university. We were just funneled towards it. Sure. You know? yeah. It was just what everyone it it. I I almost felt like I didn't have a choice in a way, which is a wonderful situation to be in. Honestly, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not. I certainly don't uh, look at that in a bad way. Yeah. Um, but um, so I ended up at Manchester University and um, doing music. I did a music degree. Nice. And. Uh, I think the thing that was the most helpful about it was the fact that it bought me a few years to uh, pursue music and meet musicians. Yeah. Because I ended up in a band with people in Manchester. I ended up living in Manchester for 10 years because, you know, just because of the people I met. And, you know, um, the fact that I was studying and away from home, um, it, it bought me a bit of time. And, you know, it's not to say I didn't learn anything. I learned a lot. But, yeah. Um, it was classical music and I was a saxophonist and really I'm classical music isn't my strongest suit. It's not, you know, it, sure. it I, I, I'm glad I learned a lot of that stuff and, and I, you know, I put it to good use. I teach music, so I have those skills, but, um, and I'm glad I have those skills, but really for me, it was just the fact it bought me a bit of time. You yeah. Know? This gave me a little bit of a window of my life where I could, you know, where I wasn't just locked into a job. Yeah. I so feel that. do you do those, um, like kind of three hour four hour like are you getting paid to go around town playing gigs like that at the moment are you doing those kind of gigs uh not necessarily so um you know 
going back pre-pandemic, I was with Tasty Vibrations. I think you had them on the show. Yeah. Um, and with that group, you know, we were we were gigging three, you know, sometimes three, four nights a week, um, yeah. which was a lot of fun. You know, uh, coming out of that though, you know, pandemic just kind of changed everything. Obviously, yeah. for uh, for a lot of people, and musicians, and bands. Um, so with with those gigs kind of being taken away from, um, and I just. Grad- I literally graduated right when the pandemic started, like 2020. Oh, like my classes went online. I didn't get a graduation ceremony. Yeah. So like all this just happened at once. Um, so I ended up getting a corporate job, working a nine to five, um, which led to, you know, that and other creative differences kind of led to the band not working out. Right. Um, but getting a, getting a job, unfortunately, that I did not like for one thing really took away from my musical passions. I wasn't gigging I'm as sure. much. So it was a tough time. I also... Um, I can tell you what, it can really set your priorities straight, though. It will. You know, if you have a job like that, you're like, oh, this is not. This is what I don't want to do. <laughs> like, Absolutely. <laughs> it, really, it really was tough. Um, and at the same time, right when this was all happening, I tore my Achilles playing basketball. Right. I love pl- playing pickup basketball. And I, it was like one of those things I was like, it's never going to happen to me. I'm yeah, never going to tear yeah, my Achilles. Yeah. It's one of my biggest fears. And I popped my til- uh, Achilles... Uh, which obviously made things very difficult for everything. And um, so now I'm like in a cast for six months, band didn't work out, working this corporate job that I did not like. Oh, I'm like, life sucks. I'm not doing much music. Um, you know, fast forward a year, I ended up quitting. I got a, I have a new job now. I'm working remote. I work for Google. Working from home is the best. I highly recommend it for anyone. i never going back to an office. Uh, so now I'm, I'm I'm at that point where I have a little more flexibility. Yeah. And the cool thing about you know it's tough because as a musician, as an artist, it's like you don't want to take away from that. You're like I'll never get a corporate job. I'll never want to do you know work for the man. I want to like stay true to like playing music and this and that. Like obviously you got to do what you got to do to survive. For sure. But what I like now is I can kind of like pick and choose the battles that I want. Like I don't yeah, need man. to take every gig. I can be like I want that show. I want to make that much. You know. So and you know I. <laughs> Because I am a pretty heavily gigging musician, I I sort of defend that position sure. pretty pretty uh, like vehemently. But the 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 truth is that if you play less in an area, more people are going to come and see you. When Absolutely, you play. there's no denying it. Absolutely, you know, it's like if you're playing three times in the same town in one weekend. You can't expect them to all be busy gigs because, you know, people... Sure. Are, well, I'll catch them next week. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. that just happens. And, and you know, the bigger the sort of catchment area, the, the better you do, which is why bands tour. That's what the whole point of it is. You know, if you if you want to stay busy and stay playing to big crowds, that's the only way to do it. Absolutely. You know, unless for some reason you're, you're just like the hometown hero and everyone just loves you all the time. Sure. That's a pretty rare position Absolutely. to be in. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I don't think there's a right or wrong way, you know, I think we're all striving to do what we love um, and just, you know, life works out in different ways. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's quite a, yeah, that, that's a good situation to be in because if you're, if you're working for, from home for Google, um, you know, you're right there with all your music stuff. You can kind of just all be day. like, okay, done that. Now back to what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make a call and be like, oh, wait, that's a dope idea. I'll get back on the piano, you know, so yeah, it, yeah. it has its perks. Um, Is your home studio also your office? The living room, so the living room used to be the band rehearsal space with me and the band, which still has all the music equipment in it. And then attached to that, there was a conference room, which is now my office. And then I have my room attached to what used to be a drive-in garage port that we closed off. And now that's the music studio. So the house has gone through quite a few modifications, but I basically have a setup in each room where I can just do my thing. Yeah, that's cool. So I asked this question just because um, it's something that happened to me and, you know, because a couple of years ago I sort of got sober and stuff. Um, uh, So I I was wondering, um, at gigs, Mm -hmm. do you have any kind of like approach with that? Um, Have you ever sort of felt like it was a thing that you needed to have an approach for? How do you navigate the booze and drugs? Yeah, great question. Party hard now, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd say starting off. You know, plus, like, at least for me, I think a lot of people growing up as a young adult in South Florida, you almost have these expectations that you're supposed to party. Yeah. You're, you know, you see other people do it. It's the environment. We live in this beautiful place. It's like you need to be partying. You need to be drinking. Like a lot of the schools I went to, like, you just grow up doing it. And yeah, so it's just like 
it was like, I always thought everyone does it. It translated into music. It was like something I was like, oh, I have a gig. Sweet. I get to get drunk now. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was still a very younger Tony. And as I kind of got older, especially with, with the band with Tasty previously, um, once it kind of became a job and a career, you know, that you had a responsibility, it was like, you know, if you have a gig, if you have a weekend of three or four gigs and you kind of get drunk the first night, you're going to feel like shit the rest of the gigs and yeah. not perform well. Yeah. And it was like, why do I keep putting myself through this? And Absolutely. I, I can't believe how long it took me to for that to finally get through my thick head. It's like, it's not that difficult of a job. Yeah. It's only difficult because you're making it difficult for yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we like to have a good time. And the other thing was, I was like, I don't want to feel like I can't perform without, you know, drug alcohol or whatever it may yeah, be yeah. so you know uh, now i'm at a position where i feel good i can either i can nail a show with a couple of drinks or i can nail it sober and you're still going to get the best tony that you're going to get oh it's great to hear yeah 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 that's awesome and healthy attitude man that's that's really really awesome so um let's hear a little bit more about um how you sort of put together the songs for the album like um how do you decide what to put on it? Are there, is there a couple of covers on there as well as originals? Like, what's what's on there? Absolutely. What can we expect? Absolutely. So, right, the idea of the album was uh, definitely wanted to highlight and showcase, as mentioned, that music that ultimately got me passionate about music, which was like jazz and blues and kind of some of those uh, artists we were talking about earlier. Um, and again, that's kind of my style. You've heard me play. So, you know, back to the basics just popped in my head. I was like, I have these originals, a handful of originals. Um, that I've written quite some time ago that I've never gotten recorded. Right. I was like, I need to get those recorded and out there. Yeah. And uh, just to fit the the vibe um, was, you know, some of the songs that ultimately pushed me more, uh, that influenced me more in regards yeah. to that style of music I wanted to showcase on the album as well. So there's um, there's four originals and four covers that I made my kind of my renditions of um, that are some older blues tunes. Uh you know, a couple jazz tunes, one composition I wrote, um, another one, uh, Monin by Bobby Timmons, a classic jazz uh, jazz tune, uh, as well as you have those originals that I did write on this album. Yeah, how are you going to uh, release it? Is it all going to be um, electronic or are you going to do anything physical? For sure, yeah. It's going to be digital distribution. Uh, and it's funny you bring this up because uh, I was like, oh, at the album release party, I want to have something people can buy. I was like, oh, I'm going to print CDs, right? Yeah. Got a bunch of CDs. Uh, and I, you know, ran that idea by a couple of people. I'm like, who, who buys CDs? Who listens to CDs? And I was like, you're absolutely right. Like, when was the last time you went and saw a band, bought their CD, and then played it? You know, a lot of people do buy CDs at gigs because they kind of feel like they have to. And it's very nice of everyone who does it, by the way. Thank you very much for doing that because we have CDs. We and, have them. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and we really appreciate you buying them. Um, and, and some people still listen to them, but yeah, it's, you know that it is definitely obsolete as a uh, as as a way to listen to music. I think probably vinyl is actually more relevant at this point. In time, yeah, you know? yeah, vinyl's and, hip. Yeah, and it, and it's also just uh, as, as like a kind of like fetishized like consumer product. It's so it's so just visceral. You can interact with it. You know, it's big and like you get big art on the sure. front. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. I love the vinyl idea. Um, unfortunately, did not go with CDs for this album, but I still wanted something tangible. Yeah. people can buy at the show uh so i ordered some shirts with my logo sure, yeah. and uh i'm gonna print out some um some flyers because the flyer is pretty cool for the uh for the party yeah nice. i think that'd be kind of a nice tangible thing sentimental thing to take away from the show yeah nice and crazy uncle mike's is a great venue too and, and you know that's a that was a great place to, a great idea to do it there and also you know with with the tables and everything you can get a bit of a loungy kind of a feel in there absolutely. and that's definitely your vibe oh so, absolutely you know. yeah looking forward to it um you know I've played there a couple of times with the with the previous band, but uh, yeah, great venue. They got a big stage, a sound system, and obviously uh, just a lot of space to uh, hang out and have a good time. Yeah, excellent. I, I think at this point it would be uh, a perfect time to hear you uh, play some songs for us. Yeah, I'd love to. Let's All make right. it happen. Yeah, let's do it, man. Sweet.
four, five. The things that you do make a grown man cry. At six, seven, eight, and nine. You're staying out late with some other guy. Waiting around like a fool. You're teasing me hot, girl. You're teasing me cruel. Please be true, you know I loved you. You had me in tears and now I'm singing the blues. Well, I told you once and I told you twice. This time around, I'm gonna be so nice. Cause it's me and you, or you and him. I got no more time that I can't spend Cause I'm waiting around like a fool You're teasing me hard, girl, you're teasing me cruel Please be true, you know I loved you You had me in tears and now I'm singing the blues This is how the story goes I need you bad, I need you so Don't make me beg, don't make me plead I'll be your man and I'll never leave Cause I'm waiting around like a fool You're teasing me hard, girl, you're teasing me cruel Please be true, you know I loved you You had me in tears and now I'm singing the blues This next tune is another original called Mind Games.
Call you the boy on the payphone And pick you up to take home Tell him how you love him so I don't care for you no more I walk on through the front door This is when I say goodbye Do your little mind games My, my, mind, mind games Oh yes, your mind games Your little mind game Yeah, 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 yeah This next one's titled, Help Me. Well, the sun's gonna shine in my back door someday. Well, the sun's gonna shine in my back door someday. When the moon comes along, wash my troubles away. Well, bring me my nightshirt and get your morning gown. your morning gown Cause when the morning comes, babe All my troubles have gone away
561 Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It's a biker bar in Tequesta. Um, if you don't know where Tequesta is, it's just right sitting right on top of Jupiter. It's uh, it's the the next town north. Um, if you're heading north on US One, you'll see a little yellow building, and outside there's almost always bikes. Um, it's open every day, and the food is great. Uh, Bernsey, the chef, does a great job in there, and he's a real character. You should go. Uh, Go hang out with Bernsey and uh, see what that's all about. He he has a, a whole ton of really nice food available, and there are proper beers on tap. We've got uh, like five or six different beers on tap, and um, there's all you know anything you could want there. It's it's a fully stocked bar, but apart from it's only well that was kind of a lie. It's only beer and wine, so uh, it has that about it. But um, really really good. Um, really good draft beers and there is a bike night every second thursday of the month and uh we do a jam every fourth sunday of the month um at the moment we are fighting the village of tequesta um to be able to do live music there which is a bit of a pain but we i'm sure we'll get over that hurdle at some point and if anyone out there knows someone who can put in a good word to us for and with the village of Tequesta or help us in any way in that regard would really appreciate it. it the place has been refurbished by my father-in-law and uh, he's done a great job of it and it's really cool so if you're heading on a bike sort of trip with your friends like some kind of ride out on on a weekend it's a perfect little stop in because it's right on the side of the road there on us1 and you can just pull in you know have a beer and a burger and uh and then head out on your way it's uh it's you know designed like that as a biker bar it's been a biker bar there for years for decades uh it used to be called judy's and um run by a guy called victor and his wife judy Vic- victor sadly is um recently passed on um in may which is very sad um but uh we keep his spirit alive over at handlebars bar and grill so come check it out um the other place that sponsors 561 music is oasis root carver bar now this place is run by um this great guy jim he supports the podcast and very kindly we really appreciate his uh sponsorship because without it you know we wouldn't be able to do it um you know it costs money for the studio time so we really appreciate it and uh big shout out to jim if you've never had carver before it's a polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water it's been around for ever in polynesia that you know maybe thousands of years um but it's really been around in the u.s for about 15 um it has a sort of relaxing effect on you and uh you know, if you if you don't drink or something like that, it's uh, it's a great place to go and hang out. It's uh, you know, it's not sort of narcotics, not going to knock you off your stool. That you know, and so the vibe is much more like a, the vibe is much more like a coffee house than um, than a bar. Um, the feel in a car bar is sort of somewhere in between. You know, somewhere in between a coffee house and a bar. Um, it's a cool spot. They do a, a poker night in there and uh, all the staff are lovely. Um, you know, I, I go and hang out in there sometimes and, and, and it's really cool. It's a great spot. So if you've never tried Carver, Oasis Root is a really good place to go and try it for the first time because he has top quality product and uh, he does a great job. The atmosphere is, is wonderful in there. And uh, the other uh, sponsor we have for the show is, uh, is Live Music Community who are presenting um a this fantastic event it's called give and let give and it's on sunday july 10th from 2 until 4 p.m now the idea behind give and let give is that um we're putting musical instruments and music gear into the hands of kids who need it so if you're an adult um the price of admission is a piece of gear and you get to leave with a piece of gear. But obviously in the spirit of, a, of the event, you know, don't bring sort of a, a, a comb with some uh, baking paper around it like a kazoo and leave with like a PA speaker. You know, that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get stuff into the hands of, of kids. But um, obviously come come with a piece of gear, leave with a piece of gear. And the kids, they get to just come. They don't have to bring any gear and then they get to leave with a piece of gear. So um, it's really just about arming these kids so that they can be the future of uh, the Florida music scene. And um, we're super 
proud to be able to present this. I work at Live Music Community, and it's where we're recording this podcast right now. This was Justin's idea. He runs Live Music Community. I think it's a spectacular idea. Uh, we've had two previous ones, and they've gone really, really well. And uh, Hector and I from 561 Music Podcast will be here helping out and um, just kind of generally um, sort of showing people what's available and helping you tech test the gear and stuff like that and um on the previous two given let gives we had a little bit of a setup in the live room where we're recording the podcast right now um where you can try stuff out and have a little jam with people and kind of you know it's quite it's a little bit of a social event too so if uh if you're interested in that then you should come down and check it out because i just think it is the best there is just no downside to this event you know it is redistributing um musical wealth essentially and and, and it, it the the previous two have just been resounding successes so uh yeah come down check it out on july 10th from 2 to 4 p.m at live music community which is a music school in palm beach gardens at north lake and military trail um it's real easy to find um it's on the northwest corner of north lake and military trail all right so um Getting back to you, Tony, um, I wanted to ask you, seeing as we were talking about live music community, do you have any sort of advice that you would give a young musician um, who's coming up, who's a teenager now, who's kind of look, looking to get into the music biz? Um, like, what what would you say to them? What advice would you give them? Sure, yeah. I would probably break it into two two different pieces of advice. First one would be if, if music is your calling, if it is yeah. what you're passionate about, what you you know, want to achieve in life and become great at, um, you know, there is a level of, of discipline that goes into what you do. Just be, you know, be passionate about your craft Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and keep in mind, you know, this is something my father would always tell me growing up, like while you're sitting down, you know, laying down on your phone, watching TV, there's someone out there that's, you know, doing the damn thing. They're practicing the guitar, they're yeah. producing music, they're, yeah chasing that gig they're working on their promotion working on their marketing so just keep that in mind always any free time you have if this is what you want to do you gotta you gotta allocate some time to it um and yeah practice you know it's, it's something that every teacher tells every student since the beginning of time but it cannot be stressed enough that you know if you don't do it you're not going to get better at it absolutely. you gotta practice <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah you know we're all guilty of it but at the same time you know use your youth and time while you got it you know yeah absolutely because you definitely learn better when you're young for sure yeah. absolutely and then the next piece would be um be open-minded to the different possibilities and opportunities that you you know will be presented to you uh don't think of it so black and white like i need to do this it needs to end up this way uh, life has a weird way of working out and showing you different signs and just go with the flow and, and you'll be all right. Yeah, that's some great advice right there. Right. So um, what were the songs, your original songs that you played us, the first two? Um, what are, what were they about? Yeah, so the first tune was uh, Singing the Blues. Um, you know, oddly enough, that started with, uh, you can kind of hear it in, as a chorus. It's just, it started off as a, little blues lick and i was like oh it's catchy and a lot of the times with blues you sing about heartbreak um so i was like let's just make this the most traditional cliche kind of bluesy lyrics i can come up with right right uh, just about you know your heart being broken about this girl um was it written from um experience or was it uh like just writing sure, a song yeah, no one no one's specific but i think we all have gone through some sort of heartbreak oh, in, in life and i think i have a very embarrassing story of a breakup where um, where i was um I'd gone down to try and make it right with this girl and um, and it didn't go the way I wanted it to. And then I was leaving the restaurant that we met at and I was standing outside a takeaway um, and uh, unbreak my heart came, came through this, no. little, came through this <laughs> little tinny like speaker and it was raining. Oh right? my God. And I just burst into no. <laughs> to unbreak my heart by Tony Braxton. That's hilarious. <laughs> She's like, you're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. <laughs> I know, yeah. Pretty good. Uh, um, yeah, what was the other one about? Second one was Mind Games. And I'm trying to, again, um, heartbreak-type song starts off, you know, funny enough, uh, now's the time to be wondering why these tears come on by. Uh, now that we're on the topic of tears, but, you know, this woman, you know, why are you getting upset with her all the time? She's seeing someone else. Yeah. And then by the third verse, you're just over it, you know? Gotcha. Just over you've it. moved on. Moved on. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But chorus is mind games, you know? It's always messing with your emotions, you know? And that, that 
I guess come from. No one specific, but we've all been there. You know yeah. what I mean? We've all been there. Have you got a little to say about the last song that you played? Sure, help me. That's uh, just a blues tune, you know, a classic blues tune that uh, I like putting my soul into it. Um, it's been done by a couple other artists, but uh, you know, this one I kind of like break it down a little bit slower, and yeah, it's you know, definitely great. one of my favorite, one of my favorite blues tunes. You know, yeah, you really have great piano chops, and just in case anyone was curious. Um, Tony nailed every one of those songs in one take and just breezed onto the next one uh, like he was doing laundry. I mean, it was just fantastic. Yeah, it felt great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, he's really a, an exceptional musician. Um, so you you play one, a, a Nord Electro, yeah. which is uh, pretty much industry standard for um, sure. for keyboard players. And um, how do you like it? Love it. I have the Nord Electro Six D. Uh, and what's cool about this keyboard is the ability to layer. Right. So I think it comes stock with just amazing organic sounds. When I when I say organic, I refer to like piano sounds, you know, electric keyboard sounds, organ sounds. To me, you know, strings, violins, those are all organic to me, right? You're not getting it too synthy type things. Yeah. So if you're looking for some quality organic sounds, it's um, an amazing keyboard. Uh, with that layering ability to where you can stack three sounds on top of each other. Yeah, that's great. Um, and initially I got that keyboard there. It's the 61 key. Because um, when you're playing in a band as a keyboard player, you don't necessarily want to get too much in the low register if you have sure. a bass player. Uh, so I was, you know, for band purposes, the 61 key is great. Um, but now that I'm kind of doing my own thing, I miss having the 81, yeah. 81 yeah. keys. That was like the first thing he said to me when I, when, when I met up with you earlier. And I, yeah. I totally get it. you know. And especially now I've seen you play and seen your sort of level of proficiency on the piano. I'm like, oh, yeah, he needs those extra keys. Need them. For sure. Yeah. Need them, yeah. So the next keyboard's definitely going to have yeah. the rest of them. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really the, the only thing that we have uh, left to do is uh, to talk about um, things that are coming up. So, um, you know, we, we talked about your gig, but let's plug it again. So it's July Absolutely. 9th, Crazy Uncle Mike's, right? Yeah, July 9th, Crazy Uncle Mike's, Back to the Basics. It's, yeah. I'm going to be dropping, officially releasing on all digital platforms my album. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting show. Um, not only am I going to be performing with my band, opening up we have Shaw Davis and the Black Ties, you don't know them you got to look them up power trio shaw's a great guy tears it on guitar the whole group is amazing uh they're down from broward as well that's how we know each other uh and then before them we have uh the amazing sierra lane yeah she'll be doing an acoustic set to kick five, off the six, night. One music's first guest yeah, first guest yeah so uh, she'll be there with shaw uh it'll just be a great night of of a lot of awesome music yeah fantastic that sounds brilliant um do you have anything else coming up other than the album launching this gig you got any more gigs in the future yeah, uh, solo-wise, no, I still fill in with a couple uh, groups here and there. I, I right. play with, uh, have you heard of Joel De Silva? Yeah. Joel and I are very good friends. I gig with him uh, quite a bit. Uh, nice. So those are some things lined up. But this this uh, this album uh, has been taking up a lot of my time, so I'm gotcha. just solely focused on it. Yeah, man. Uh, but I say uh, goals to come after this is uh, I'm doing a lot of writing, so I want to release a lot more music. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, um Kilbillies this weekend. We've got on Thursday, um, James and I are doing a duo at ER Bradley's um, at, from uh, 6 to 9. Um, that's in West Palm Beach, and it's on Flagler, just right next to the bridge if you're going over to Palm Beach Island. And then on Friday, we are playing at Castaways, Craft Beer and Pizza, on Singer Island. That's James and I again. That's 6.30 to 10.30. And then um, on the 25th, it's um, also James and I, and we're playing at the Square Grouper from uh, three to six. So that's uh, that's the Killbillies weekend. Only two out of the three because Hector is sunning himself somewhere lovely, and who can blame him? It sounds absolutely fabulous. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on, man. You did a great job, Appreciate and it. it's been a pleasure to meet you. You are absolutely. a sick musician, and much I wish love. you all the luck in the world, man. Thank you, my man. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Right on. Yeah, cool. cool. Take a better scene. It's what we're doing. Come and check it.